Welcome to Terminal Talk, the podcast on mainframes and mainframe-related topics. I'm Jeff Bisty, coming to you from Cher in Fort Worth, Texas, and I'm here with Joe Winchester, who has perhaps the most English name I've, I've ever heard. So congratulations on that. Thanks. I'll take that as a compliment. I, I figured I'd start with that other than your official title in Blue Pages, which is STSM uh, for Zoe.org and ZOS Explorer. I'm sorry, ZOS Explorer. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's pretty good. Quite a few acronyms in there. STSM, yeah. Senior Technical Staff Member. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I work on Zoe um, pretty much, which is fun right now. Has uh, that been from the inception of Zoe? Yeah, actually prior to Zoe, um, prior before Zoe was called Zoe. Um, yeah, within IBM, we had a project uh, called ZOS Explorer. So, see... You're wondering how far to go back. I'm wondering how far to go back. Like, how did you know you could read my mind? Is that your next pick? Okay, yeah. So, I've always worked on tooling for the mainframe uh-huh. and we had a very successful still have a very successful uh project based upon an eclipse software stack right. we have around i think in, in our sort of um Zenis, we had around 21 products that could plug into that and they could talk to db2 kicks mq and so forth and at the, at the kind of bottom layer the kind of glue for all of that was called zero explorer aqua aqua like fresh water mm-hmm. um and then we needed to move towards a something that had REST APIs and something that was more based uh, would work well with a browser and more modern technologies. So we we came up with something called ZOS Explorer Atlas, and I started that project. I think that was probably what you just read off just now on my blue page. Anyway, so I still have that. On my, I have I need to update my blue pages picture. Um, you do. You profile. look very cross in that picture. Do I? Do I look very angry? I was angry actually. Um, it, the person who was taking it was uh, mocking me at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but they insisted I used it. So um, here we go. Anyway, yeah. So we were building this with an IBM, and one of the one of the problems we had with our first software stack. So as I said, we had twenty one products built on top of it. Was nobody from outside of IBM built on top of it? So even though it was good for the mainframe and customers enjoyed it, they were like, well. What about this vendor's Eclipse uh, tools? And there are lots of other great uh, software vendors out there who build Eclipse plugins. And Eclipse was built to be an integration platform. Right. So next time, as we were building the next one, we always had an eye on, we need to get a community of people um, around this. And open source really is where community happens. And then Broadcom were also working on uh, an initiative um, uh, called Brightside. Mm-hmm. And uh, they uh, come up. They were taking a very different approach uh, to modernizing the mainframe. They were really starting with a command line interface, uh, and then Rocket Software were also creating one called. I've moved right into the inception of Zoe, haven't I? Without yeah, you even, did. even asking a question. It felt smooth though. So keep yeah, going. Okay. Um, and uh, and Rocket Software were doing a, a similar project that was called Mainframe Virtualized. Uh, MVD, yeah, I can I've forgotten exactly what the D's for desktop. Yep. Also called Zlux. Actually, if you download Zoe and, and start looking at package names and things, you'll see the remnants. You, as you yeah. go to the sort of fossil record, you'll see uh, see uh, MVD and Zlux appearing in certain things. Um, Z lightweight user experience or something like that. Zlux stands for anyway. And they and and the synergy between all three of them, all trying to save the same goal, um, solve the same goal, worked and. All three companies got together and they created a project called Giza, uh, G-I-Z-A, yep. um, named after the pyramids of Giza. And apparently the three or pyramids have three sides. I don't know. Anyway, it's something to do with the fact that three companies came together. So again, if you go digging deep enough into Zoe, uh, you will find pictures of pyramids and, and the word <laughs> Giza. From, so I'm just filling in all this trivia. Um, and that was, but that was that hadn't been announced. So that was built a kind of a you know close between those three companies, 
and then they launched with what uh, was called a closed beta. I think we started in about 2017, and we really, um, but then we released an open beta back in Share St. Louis. I don't know how long ago that was. That was probably I mid think that 2018. That was a year and a half ago. Yeah, mid summer 2018, and then we GA'd, which is general availability for everybody, uh, 1.0. About a year ago, give or take a few And days. the idea was always for it to be a collaborative open source type thing and, and have the community writing all the plugins and apps and stuff? For sure, yeah. Open source is a really... So you talk about plugins and apps. So let me go back a little bit more. Yeah. So my, my, my history in open source... If you have open source, generally you download something that does something really cool. Uh-huh. So, um, and then what you also want is you want the aperture of how cool it can get to get better there's a very good book by richard stallman called the cathedral and the bazaar yes so the analogy is that yeah you have a church where people go and it's better stone and you have you know um i don't want to offend anybody religious here but but you know you have people that dress up and you have a hierarchy and it's very sort of regimented and uh, what you do and where you sit and and, and so on and so forth. But then outside, it's just kind of chaotic. People can pitch up and sell fruit or whatever, but they add value to the cathedral. So uh, when you leave church, you can you know, buy things, get your shoes fixed, whatever it is. It's a good book. Everybody should read it. So for open source, there's A, users who just download it and use it. Uh-huh. Are you doing a time check? Am I way out? Am I just like oh, no, you're fine. I'm just making sure it's moving along. The levels are good. Okay, the levels We're, we're are fantastic, good. though. Okay, so yeah, your, your base product has to do something, but you need people to make it better. Uh-huh. So, if you think of, uh, I don't know, a phone, when you get a phone, you take your phone home, it's got a calculator, it's got a, probably a web browser, it's got a few bits and pieces in it that, that make it a useful, and it can make phone calls. I believe these days people still, uh, my age anyway, we still talk on the phone. Um, right now it's all texting and emoticons and stuff. Um, <laughs> so, but you have an app store. And when you go to the app store, you can download stuff. Some of that stuff may be uh, free. Some of it might do in-app purchases. Some you have to pay for. Some just give you a better relationship with a customer where you're already you're already a customer of, like a, you know your, your banking app or yeah. your, w- whatever. Anyway, so you have that whole you know you have the bazaar, but you have the cathedral, which is the the, the operating system and the device that you got on. Um, and the success of the phone is really the success of the people that build on it. If you go back in time, if you look at um, Often when I give my talks on Zoe, I talk about OS2 uh, versus Windows and stuff like that. Um, uh, VHS versus Betamax. Whichever one had the most uh, movie titles or whichever one had the most software on it, uh, ultimately won. Right. Right. And wasn't Betamax a a higher resolution or technically better quality? It was superior. Yeah. And OS2 was superior to Microsoft. But they just outmaneuvered and and got them into the the video rental stores. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't say it was outmaneuvered, but it's just like you're going to buy... You know, if somebody came out with a new... I have people who uh, have electric cars, but they did say there's not enough filling stations right now for electric cars, right? right? If somebody came out with a new fuel, but you couldn't have no filling stations for it, you wouldn't use it. So, so you need to have the you need to have the apps, and to get the apps, uh, what Microsoft did with Windows, and I guess what Sony did with VHS, um, you create the. Um, that might be wrong. We should probably check that before we broadcast. I think Sony created VHS or Sony. Um, I know each one was like a conglomerate. So it was, yeah. like, it was probably like Sony, Magnavox, Philips, and something, something like, like that. that. But, yeah. but you create the community. So open source projects I've worked on. So coming back to your initial thing, yes, the community around open source community is the most important thing, period. Right. It is not what's in the base product. You can be superior with all the bells and all the whistles. You can be the finest, fastest race car out there. But if you don't have filling stations for it, if people don't know how to service you, if you don't have the apps and the movies, 
you're just going to run out of puff when you get down the road. Right. So when it comes to Zoe, what actually makes me very proud at this conference is the number, and just literally, I've just left three Zoe sessions back to back. And um, they were given by well, Bill Pereira, who's, who's a great guy. He's in the Zoe Onboarders squad at, um, oh, yeah. you know, in, in, in Brazil. So when you see other people being your kind of um, you know, evangelists, the people that grow it, the kind of aperture, it's kind of like, um, if you imagine a, a, a circle and you've got rings around it, the more people that there are around it, the more successful it is. And they're building the apps, but they're also evangelizing it, writing material, putting uh, videos out there and so on and so forth. And that's how successful open source works. Right. So you don't want to, you don't want, you just don't want to always hear from the Pope of the product, right? And follow them around evangelically. <laughs> yeah. You need to spend time in the bazaar. You need to recognize that that the, the bazaar is more important than the church. Yeah, because um, I remember when when Zoe first started getting talked about kind of publicly, it was it was well, what do we what do we make of this? Is it just a replacement for how we talk to the system, or is it this? And the the talk this year so far at Share, I've heard a lot about how you build apps for it. How you it's not it's less about the product itself and more about what kind of tool you can use it as. That's really interesting that you should say that. It's good that, that um, you know, that we may even have planned that. Who knows? <laughs> it may not even have been by random. So we just had a day on Sunday. Uh, what day of the week is it today, by the way? Remind it is Monday. Uh, yeah, I haven't slept for days. Um, and uh, right, so yesterday, I guess. Yep. Sunday comes before Monday. It's the day before. Okay, so Usually. here we go. Um, okay, you always do this when you interview people. You kind of like just kind of rattle them with that. Anyway, here we go. So yesterday <laughs> we had, everybody who shows up early for share on Sunday goes and does something interesting. They go to a museum, they go watch a ball game, they uh. you know do what the Texans do, maybe um, ride a bull or you know go to a gun range or something <laughs> like that. So, But we had 50 people show up for Zoe Day. Yeah. And it was very much focused on ISVs, SIs, extenders, either people building the apps. Right. And it was pretty technical and that's just a great thing. And all that I'm trying to do at this conference and others around me, we have a specific squad called the Zoe Onboarder Squad. Is we're trying to basically get more people building apps around it. You, you, you. We have to create that, yeah. So you kind of create create the marketplace and then let people come and pitch tents. And that's what we're trying to do with Zoe. Because if next year we're just talking about the same stuff that we did this year, right. we haven't got that ecosystem. We're just Betamax. And right? there's and there's a big play on compliance this year or conformity. Yeah, is conformity the wrong word, or which one is it? No, well, so it's conformity sounds bad. It, no, conformity is good. Uh -huh. Conformance is good. Um, so there's, a, if you think back to the analogy about the um, app store, or um, you need to have some uh, degree of confidence that when you download an extension and you put something on your phone, it's not basically going to balk your phone. Yeah. Right, that would be bad. Uh, for the phone, it's not going to malware. It's not going to steal something evil. It's not going to. Um, do something bad um, and you, you also so that's important that you have that uh, kind of you know ready for insert your favorite thing here ready mm. for um, um, ready for Zoe well, we thought about using that possibly as a as, as a as a as a as a brand mark but so Zoe is actually um, stewarded managed owned by the open mainframe project which is part of the Linux foundation these guys know how to handle open source right they handle um, Linux on ZOS they handle you know uh, I believe Kubernetes Helm Jenkins Node.js right. these are phenomenal enterprise open source projects and one of the things that they really insisted on they insist on several things but they said you've got to have a conformance program you've got to have a degree of confidence that if you have a release of Zoe and you go out and get an extension to Zoe that it is actually 
of a decent quality that's not going to collide with somebody else's extension, you know, trash everything, you know. And You're so not the so first forth. person to use it. Yeah. So, and the second one of all, we actually found when we were talking to people who wanted to extend Zoe, it's vice versa, versa, vice versa. They, the extender, wants to have confidence. Let's imagine you're building an app for a phone and uh, it works with, you know, the phone release, I don't know, I'm going to make this number up like, you know, 1.9 or something. Yep. And then all of a sudden, all the customers out there are upgrading to like 1.12 and 1.12 breaks your product. What, what are you going to do, right? You're going to be annoyed. You're going to get customers phoning you up. You're going to have to create patches. So you want to make sure that however you've extended the base product, that the base product has said, well, as, if you've passed conformance, we're not going to, we're, we're not going to balk you. Yeah. We're not going to yank out some extension point that you used or we're not going to change some API contract or something like that. So it's two-way, it's give and take. So conformance means that if you are using Zoe and you want to get a plugin to Zoe and it's conformant, you know it's not going to balk your Zoe and versa vice. If you're building that plugin and somebody's got that and you built it for one version of Zoe, within the version range of Zoe, so right now we're still at Zoe version one, it's not going to break. Okay. Yeah. So, and a big part of that is this this concept of uh, the LTS, long term support. Yeah. Right. Wow. So people have to start thinking about writing their their Zoe plugins with this LTS standard in mind. Yeah. So LTS is really interesting. So so I spend a lot of time talking to customers about Zoe um, when they're not yelling at me about the fact it doesn't <laughs> work um, or one of our prerequisites is missing. Uh, which we took on board, we spent a lot of time fixing Zoe within 20, uh, 2019, making it more enterprise ready, was uh, the commercial products building on top of Zoe and customers want to have LTS. So LTS comes out of other communities. It is long-term support. We're just about, I don't know if we've announced it or we're about to announce or whatever, but we're just about to begin our Zoe long-term support. I think it rolls off March, well, first week of March, anyway, right. which is just around the corner. Um, and the version of Zoe that goes out then, which is called, will be 1.9, is the beginning of our active long-term support. Yeah, so we have a slightly new conformance program for that, but yeah. So if a customer gets 1.9, and if a customer has a problem with 1.9, um, the community will fix that. The community sort of has said, we will fix. Long-term support means it's it's an active long-term support release. So they have confidence that it's not gonna completely break and the extenders and the vendors and people using it, yeah. Beforehand, we didn't have that. It was always a kind of like, Cheer at your own risk, type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And and you were you were talking a little bit about this Cupid's project or component. I was like, wow, well, I was taking notes. Yeah, we take, yeah there's just like this. Wow. Okay. <laughs> how uh, do, uh, how does that play in, into LTS? So Cupid's, yeah, Cupid. <laughs> and actually, I I love that you you. It's like it's partially a backronym, but partially a sarcastic jab at the. Really, that's yeah. a British sense of humor. I'm glad it uh, I'm glad it worked. Oh, it it okay. all landed. Um, yeah, so Cupid's, uh, wow, let's, so let's bring it. Yeah, so we, so about a year ago, I think February the 7th or something like that. Um, we, <laughs> you think we, it was February the 7th? We GA'd, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm too much of a nerd. Yeah, go on, say it, call me a nerd. nerd. February the 7th, we GA'd Zoe 1.0, and we were pretty proud of it. Between February the 7th and I think possibly April the 26th or something like that, basically the phone didn't stop ringing from people saying this stuff doesn't work, it sucks, <laughs> oh, I can't no. install it, I can't upgrade it. Um, you have a really poor ex experience. Um, uh. You guys don't know anything about the mainframe. Why don't you use SMPE? I can't apply SysMods and stuff. It's pretty much like the same feedback I get when I give a conference talk. You know, people <laughs> accuse me of not knowing anything about about how ZOS software should work. So we start. Fortunately, in April, uh, a colleague of mine went. Uh, he was presenting at a conference in Prague. Lo lo 
end of the story is we started a new initiative called Cupids. We realized, and it stands for Componentize, Update, Package, Install, Distribute, and the S is Support and Service. It works. It And, you know, Cupids means love, and we, we were just, anyway, it was kind of weird. Um, but that we realized that Zoe was fundamentally broken on those five five places and there were two others we wanted to get the word e and m in there but we couldn't then it'd be called me cupids and right. me cupids that is kind of like, like self-love and that sounds like a yeah that sounds like a bad place that we're gonna go to yeah it's like and self- don't make it cupids and me because then that's like the operating system exactly that, yeah. yeah so we can get and the m is microservice and the e was extend huh. so we had seven things we had to fix and it took pretty much the rest of the year to fix them um and they just got fixed in our one eight release and what that means is now zoe Installation is just a lot easier, mm-hmm. hopefully. Well, I've had a few people tell me it's diff- that they didn't like it. And I'm like, why? And they said, because I spent a year getting used to the old one and now say, you broke it. Is, do they not like it because it's bad or because they got used to the other way? Because they got used to the old one. <laughs> <laughs> and walk us through the old way was like a PAX file. Oh, and you kind of had to it like. Was, it was horrible. Yeah, we had, a, we had a Unix, we had a PAX file that we distributed. And then we had a shell script that you would run and the shell script would install, take the contents of the PAX file and create your runtime folder. There's nothing wrong with that. That's how most installers work. Yeah. But at the same time, everything about how that was configured and worked was it was was burned into the runtime folder. So here's the analogy I try to give. Here's the analogy I, I, I gave my mother. I love your analogies. Yeah. So this is, my, I was trying to explain my mother at work. And she was, this is a real story, actually. My mother's like 80 79 to 80 this year. Okay. And I was like, okay, imagine that you had Microsoft Word. She's like, yeah, I have Microsoft Word on my machine. Imagine all the documents you wrote. Um, she's like, yeah, I have a lot of documents I've written. Imagine that Microsoft said, we want to upgrade Word to a new version of Word because whatever, we have a security patch or we've realized something's busted. And you hit the update button and you lost all your documents. She's like, well, that just doesn't happen. I'm like, that's how bad we were fundamentally <laughs> was effectively all of the customizations all of the preferences everything that you had you lost when you got a new version of software i mean we were that broken we and were she that said busted. why would you ever do that and i'm like i'm sorry i'm your son and i, I apologize but i've already been yelled at for a year by angry <laughs> mainframe customers so you know, so what's one more person yeah yeah pick a number join the queue yeah <laughs> here's, how, here's how you can contact me we have like a thousand git issues on it or something like that um anyway so we had to fix that and yeah. we had to fix other things as well so that's pretty much what we did yeah yeah so right now our install experience is you install it and you're done and then you configure it to run it so you have like a read-only runtime that's part of the system. Yeah, we locked down the Unix p- p- permissions. Ultimately, I would actually like to create it like almost like a, on the mainframe, you, you, almost like a compiled load module or like yeah. a C program or something. We haven't yet. We're Unix, so we have a bunch of jar files flying around all over the place. But <laughs> it's a fundamental, but you can actually, you could actually have a USS mount point and you could actually just mount that, which is something I learned in the last year as people told me how, how enterprises actually do stuff with USS. So what we've got there is you can actually, actually a Unix file system is actually just a vSAM data set. Um, so you can effectively just, just like ripping and burning it yeah. effectively. So you can just mount it. So you could distribute that, which actually helps us on a roadmap towards containerization um, where we might want to containerize bits of Zoe. But yeah, so as you, as you, if I go to one, if you install Zoe version 1.9 and you run it for a year uh-huh. and it's written huge log files and you've got like, 10 vendor products extending it and you've launched um it's looks exactly the same right you just Basically. swap in the new yeah swap the in the motor. new one yeah that's pretty much what we did so we took all the configuration data out yeah. and then each the, the users or the instances have these instance directories off of that 
Wow, you were taking notes in my talk. Yeah, yeah. so now we're going for... Right, so if you think about that, so if every time you launch a version of... Yeah, so effectively they are the documents in a way, coming back to the analogy to my mother, yeah, yeah. is like if I launch... I can have multiple copies of Microsoft Word with different documents open. Uh -huh. right? So obviously you've got to have your data separate. So if I, if I decide to launch a version of Zoe... I have a, a directory that obviously has to have all the log files, the stuff that gets written, mm -hmm. you know, because log files get written as it goes. And also as I launch it, I need some input parameters to it that say, well, uh, what components are you going to bring up? What ports do you need to um, allocate to start those services on? What versions of Java or Node are you going to use? And uh, we have a, a very important file called instance.env, which is... Um, there's, for mainframe sysproggies, it's kind of like a palm lib, yep. but we didn't want to create a palm lib... Um, why, why not? Okay. Why, why did we not want to create a palm lib? So Zoe is about 90-something percent Unix. Okay. Right? And in we still create a started task, and a started task runs under, you know, under MVS. It's a... You know, it's 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 still not a USS process. It's we we then use a thing called BPX. But so so yep. we do a little bit of MVS, but we most of the time we're Unix, and in Unix, having a a dot env file is just better. So it's more Unixy. It's more Unixy. So we always play this kind of tightrope, this dichotomy about like who do we want, who do we want to take our slings and arrows from? Who do we want to <laughs> yell down the phone at us? Obviously, mainframers yell down the phone at us when we completely screw up, uh -huh. which we sort of did with our early versions of Zoe. And by not having SMPE, by by really not understanding certain things to do with security and permissions and stuff that we are fixed. But we also don't want to stick a palm lib in front of a bunch of Unix people because they'd be like, well, geez, what the hell is a palm lib? Oh, I get it. Yeah, okay. so you've got to, you know, you've got to work out. So we have to appeal to the, the unit and a lot of our containerization of Zoe, which might be heading more towards Docker and Kubernetes and yeah. Helm and things like that. So we have to bridge that as well. Right. Um, so... So it, it, is there still a point in this where I have to like beg forgiveness from the security person on all the stuff that I need? You as in? Let's let's say I go to share and I'm all jazzed up about using Zoe and I get back to my my mainframe person and I'm like, I just I, w I really want to try these, you know, Zoe CLI or something okay, like that's that. A really good, that's a really interesting question. So we get asked questions about security a lot. Um, so... All, all communication in Zoe that Zoe has through um, is encrypted. Mm -hmm. So you just mentioned Zoe CLI. Zoe has a non-ZOS portion that's installed on anywhere that Node runs. People tend to install it on a laptop. It actually underpins a Zoe Explorer, which is Visual Studio Code and stuff. Yep. And people love it in demos because you can twist it and you can open JCL members and Cobol book, you know, uh, you know, copy books with PDFs. Highlighting and all yeah. that. Yeah. And people, a question will always go up in the room. It's normally from a guy who's either got too much gray hair or no hair, um, <laughs> or yeah. So, sorry, to, I'm really worrying about all the people I'm going to offend in this, but I'm in a mainframe conference, so they've they've. Okay. They're, they're not going to make it 20 minutes to do a podcast either. <laughs> yeah. So. They, okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, okay, so somebody were like, "Dude, what? What? You know what? Okay, so everything is authenticated through a TSO session. Uh -huh. You cannot do more than if you just logged on through TSO. HTTPS is used, which is TLS 1.2 or high, which basically means everything is encrypted on the wire. It's the same protocol that you use to enter your credit card when you, you're buying stuff online. So yeah. no man in the middle can attack it. And then within Zoe itself, um, uh, every API call, everything is backed by SAF." Uh, we have a very small uh, load library, um, load module, sorry, that's used for some of our authenticated services. 
Um, one of the things that we did badly last year with Zoe was we used lots of USS to try and create things like in RACF, they're called um, facility classes and do all these artifines and permits and things. And people yell down the phone at us. So now we have a big piece of JCL where people can customize it. So generally the security people are a lot happier than we are now. Okay. People do ask those questions, which I see as a sign of maturity. They say, how can I trust this? How can I bet the farm on this? Right. Um, we, we, uh, one of the things that we do within IBM, within IBM we have a number of products that build on top of Zoe. Now if you're an IBM product and yeah, other other vendors have them, maybe Broadcom and, and Rocket certainly have them as well. But when you're in the Zoe conformance program, you'll see them. If they if they're using a piece of open source software and the open source software that underpinning them breaks, somebody's gonna throw a rock at them. Right. Yeah. So we so we have those other people sort of guarding us from the outside. It's kind of like the cathedral in the bazaar, you know, you've got the people building walls around you. Keep you know, and and that's one of the reasons why conformance is good. So, from a security point of view, they've already vetted that Zoe passes uh, what I would call secure threat analysis. So, we're in a good place, I hope, and we're constantly improving. It's it's a changing changing dynamic. So, if somebody already formed their opinion in the past sixteen months, they should definitely take another look and and see what's been done since then. Yeah, please do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you do you have an accurate like picture in your mind? Do you think of the people that call you up and yell at you for an hour at a time like are we are we winning them over or is are we just that's a really a- good question so one of the things and i ha- and i have to say this to the people at the the, the share the people with no hair and gray hair have listened to this far one of the <laughs> things that i found about the mainframe community they are all super super friendly lovable people yes and i have been astonished by how much i was on a call with one particular customer and they were concerned and a little bit angry at the start that they've been asked to install zoe by somebody had gone at a conference or they bought a product that needed it and they'd found a ton of things wrong with it they actually started offering to help they were sending emails to me and i remember being on a webex where they were showing me what they were doing and i was watching what they were doing and they did a particular keystroke it's a bit like watching you know a banjo player can just make music out of what's basically a wooden box and string i mean this person was <laughs> making zos sing they were doing some i think they were in stsf and it was auto refreshing there's some command you can type in the top and i was like how did you do that? <laughs> and this person actually wrote me this big long email about how to do that. And and then I was like, that's just amazing. So I was getting educated by really experienced people who, right. yeah, there's a little bit of yelling, but if you basically just fess up and say, look, I'm sorry, I don't know, can you help me? I've found these people really welcoming compared to other technologies I've worked on where I just get yelled at and they hang up the phone and buy another vendor product. Yeah, so get yeah. good. They get good. So I do think that. And that is something that I actually enjoy about working with mainframes. So yeah, definitely people should look at it again. And when we suck, just let us know. And we will try and fix it. Or better still, tell us how to fix it. Right? Because the mainframe is such a huge platform. And nobody can be... What did they call it in um, medieval times? You know, Da Vinci, he could like paint. He could, you know, design helicopters. Uh, but you could be a Renaissance man, right? Nobody right, can yeah. be this kind of Renaissance man that understands everything. Everybody has gaps in their knowledge. Uh-huh. And uh, we and Zoe have gaps in our knowledge. So we want other people to teach us to make this better. And I actually, interesting story then. Uh, one particular um, person, he's now part of some Zoe squads. I won't mention them by name because I haven't asked their permission. I get in trouble with the GDPR and stuff like that. Um, they actually told me that they were going to delay their retirement by two or three years because they were so excited by Zoe oh. and that they saw Zoe as a way 
to leave behind their legacy for the next generation in terms of all their ZOS knowledge and scripts that they were going to rewrite from Rex to Node and stuff like that. And that person is now an active member of Zoe. And that person actually has more hair than I do. So I can't, <laughs> I can't insult him. He's a fine, good looking man. He could probably beat me, uh, beat me in a, beat me in a, a track race, actually. He's a very, very, very but, but that's some, one of the really interesting things. Sorry? That narrows it down a little bit. So are they, oh, you're going to go around sharing. They're going to go, hey, he's a, he's, a, he's a skinny athlete with hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's fantastic. But, but yeah, what it a, is. What, it a is. Great, uh, what a great action to take. Like, like this, I, this, is, this is how I leave this in good hands and feel better about uh, what, what, I've, what I've done. Yeah, and, 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 and I regularly now will, will uh, email that person and say, I'm just about to join a call with uh, this terrifying customer. I'm going to get yelled at by people who know <laughs> 10 times more than the mainframe they do. Will you be my wingman? And and sometimes, yeah, if, if, if the time zones and stuff work out, yeah, then they do step up. And it's that's a wonderful thing, actually. That's a wonderful thing, yeah. That's outstanding. Um, besides going to zoe.org and just checking out everything, uh, what else would people be doing to, to help you along and, and have more fun in the mainframe space? Oh boy! So Zoe.org definitely uh, is a is a fun place to go. Um, we use Slack a lot. We hang out on Slack a lot. Yeah. Um, there's stuff on YouTube, Medium.com/slash/Zoe. Um, oh yeah, I just found that yesterday. I was surprised at how how nice it looks. Honestly, really? <laughs> yeah, you there's some great surprised. articles out there. You sound surprised. Yeah, you expected it to be ugly because I'll edit out the things. surprise. Yeah, of course, I, it's fine. It is very good, actually. Yeah, if there's one individual I would want to call out by name, who I think is a kind of unsung Zoe hero, is David McNerney, who who works for Broadcom, uh-huh. and he's very much been responsible for for creating that, uh, getting the content on that. Um, and uh, there's some phenomenal um, blog authors on there. Um, Folks like, uh, well, I won't call him out by name. I'll just give David a shout out, yeah, yeah, because he really shepherds shepherds people, and he's he's really created that. He also organizes, um, uh, you know, webinars. We had a user webinar recently and stuff like mm. that. So there's some real stars out there trying to just basically just, you know, keep hitting the drum and just keep making noise. And eventually, people will show up and be like, "What's all this noise about?" Right. And when they do show up, like you said just now, they go, "Dang, this is prettier than I thought." Yeah. So. But you don't get that way in three months. You don't get that way in six months. You only get that way by making small steps consistently, and uh, it's 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 getting there right now. I think it feels. I, I love I love the way that the if you if you use shares as landmarks, it's like oh this is the one where where it felt this way. This is the one where it felt this way. Yeah, and hopefully, yeah, the share landmarks are really interesting. Yeah, so so I love seeing talks given by people that I've never met before. Yeah, and um. Yeah, the next one for me would be, yeah, just much more about users giving talks. And even so, I'll call one other individual out by name. It's like Mike, Mike Bauer. He's kind of like uh-huh. the leader of the CLI squad. Ab- absolute super guy. So um, he and I, just before I came here, which is why I was late. Sorry for being late. No problem. Uh, saw a talk given by somebody. And he just, he just said, I'm so proud to see other people giving talks about Zoe command line interface, right? He's got no ego. He doesn't need to be the guy. He doesn't need to be the rock star grabbing the microphone he's he's more proud when he's watching somebody else showcase uh, what basically his baby and what he created several years ago and we're quite lucky with Enzo we have a lot of people like that they're not they're not divas you know they they understand that to make open source work you have to become backroom staff fundamentally no, yeah. can't beat that um one last question what are, what else uh, are you planning for share this week what are you anything you're really looking forward to attending or pitching or uh, people you're looking forward to meet 
the, the, the list would be huge i just love being a chair i mean it's random it's 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 chaotic it's always a lot of fun it's a five-day conference which is huge yeah but it's, it's unheard of it's it's with preposterous i mean i go to conferences in europe that are over in like two and a half days or <laughs> like one and a half days or something um i don't know i just i just really enjoy just being here the intelligence level is phenomenal the level of debate is phenomenal yep um it's uh it's just i love it i can't mind i mean yeah friday night i'm actually um gonna visit a friend who who's, who's local so i'm looking forward to just kicking back and maybe having some barbecue and drinking a beer on his on his ranch or something like that so, perfect well yeah. can't beat that uh thank you so much for this. this is uh i learned a lot this has been a whole lot of fun uh old man charlie run us out you've been listening to terminal talk with frank and jeff for questions or comments, or if you have a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, direct all correspondence to contact at terminaltalk.net. That's contact at terminaltalk.net. Until the next time, I'm Charlie Lawrence signing off.